Welcome to the Unqualified and Unafraid podcast. My name is Jess and I'm a film student and self-proclaimed creative and media nerd, here to talk about things I'm not qualified to talk about. Today I'm joined with first-year medical science student, the super smart and incredibly driven Jacinta Pata Cooper. Due to the current crisis, any of you who are students will be coming to terms with having to do all of your education online, whether it's your exciting first year of high school, the highly anticipated long haul of year 12, or the midst of your university study. Students across the world are having to adapt to this new style of learning. Lucky for us, during year 10, Jacinta completed her biology course online, as well as many other components of her high school study, and has been kind enough to share her tips for learning through the screen. Being the high achiever she is, she also completed some university topics during year 12, meaning she is now already taking some second year topics in her first year of medical science. We'll talk about the way she stayed motivated, strategies that kept her engaged, and what lies ahead of her in the academic world and her journey of becoming a doctor. I just want to quickly say that if the quality of this audio sounds a bit different from the last episode, it's because due to social distancing, we're doing this interview via Skype and Jacinta and myself are each recording our own audio. Jacinta, thank you so much for joining me as I know that a lot of people, myself included, are stressing out about completing our education in a way that we didn't sign up for. Um, And hopefully by sharing your experience, it will help other people feel a little bit less anxious about it. Do you want to start by explaining what topics you did online and what kind of format they were delivered? Yeah, so I did my year 10 biology online and I did that through a place called Open Access College. So basically, as sort of like we're experiencing now, all the classes were online via like a Skype sort of setting. So that's how we did our classes. And then, yeah, you would just get given work online throughout the week. So... What actually like drew you towards doing that subject online? Was it not offered at your school? Or? Yeah, it wasn't offered at my school at the time. So okay. it was kind of my only option. And before you started doing the online course, did you personally have any concerns about it? Oh, heaps. <laughs> I was very worried about, like I hadn't seen all their sites and stuff that they'd used before. So I was learning how to use all that along with trying to do my work at the same time, you know, trying to fit it all into my schedule was a bit daunting. So, yeah, so you were you were learning the content of the course, but then you were also learning how to use the actual software and everything. So yeah. that makes it a little bit more difficult. And I think that's like one of the reasons why people are a bit nervous about transitioning into the online space. So did your concerns about going into online learning, did they become major roadblocks for you or did you easily find ways around them? The original concerns I had faded out pretty quickly once, you know, you get a few weeks into it, you get the hang of it. But new roadblocks did come up quite often and, yeah, they would change each week depending on, you know, what we had to do. And was that kind of to do with, like, technical difficulties? Um, Sometimes it was, like, you know... We had times where the internet would drop out. Obviously, you can't do your classes without your internet. But a lot of them involved motivation and, yeah, more doing stuff in my own time than showing up to classes, if anything. Yeah. So, like, something that I've found a bit different from all of the stuff that I've done online so far is that even though when I go to lectures in person, I'm really engaged, when I'm watching them on a screen, I become, like, kind of bored and distracted does is that the same for you or do you have any strategies you kind of use to like stay engaged 
Yeah, so that's definitely the same with me, you know. I'll show up to lectures in person. It's great. I pay attention. Yeah. On a screen. Yeah, like there's no one really expecting anything of you, I feel like. Yeah. So you kind of know, oh, yeah, you know, I can slack off. I can. No one's going to notice. Like no one's here to watch me. I had the trouble of like when for everything first went online, I was like, yeah, I can watch my lectures from my bed. <laughs> not a good idea. I'm just going to put that out there. Do not watch your lectures from in bed, as comfortable as it may be. That was probably my first problem because then I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just I'll lay down. It just doesn't work. Yeah, because then because you're mixing rest with work and then it's really hard to like differentiate that in your brain. Yeah. Um, I found that having a distinct study spot really helped because it was like, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do this. And having sort of nothing around you that could possibly distract you away from what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Even like with some lectures, you don't really need to take a lot of notes, but I found having something in front of you where you're like, okay, I am going to take notes regardless of what the content is sort of keeps you engaged and keeps you listening. There's kind of that pressure to fill up the page. Yeah. Something that, like, I was just thinking about when I was watching my lectures, I'm just as interested in the content, but for some reason I just can't stay focused when it's on the screen. And I think it's because when we're watching something on a screen, we're so used to, like, the editors to edit it in a way that keeps us engage so when we watch something on a screen that's unedited and isn't using any of those techniques we automatically get bored no I I agree with that because yeah you expect it to have some sort of fancy part about it I don't know much about filmmaking or anything but you expect it to be like a little bit jazzy but then you're sitting there watching it and you're like this isn't fun. Did you have any strategies that you used to make it more fun for yourself? So you had your designated workspace, but then did you kind of do any challenges for yourself to like keep yourself in the moment? Um, I have one. So for each day, I'll write down like exactly what I need to do. So sort of like plan my day out, not hour by hour, just like, you know, do this part of this assignment or whatever. And just, like, getting through that checklist and then at the end of the day it's like, ah, okay, I've done it all. And you can sort of, like, relax and especially, like, giving yourself something to look forward to at the end of the day, you know, whatever that might be. Everyone has something different, you know, whether it's, oh, I'm going to finish that Netflix series, but I'll only do that once I've finished this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Just having something to look forward to. Mm, I'm exactly the same with my checklist. Every day, no matter how small the tasks are that I have to do, I will write every single thing on a list. (laughs) People can't see, but she's showing me her list for the day right now. For me, it makes me feel like I have a purpose. Otherwise, it's like, why am I getting out of bed? That's really depressing, but like, yeah. because if you're not going anywhere, sometimes it can feel like, what's what's even the point of doing anything? I'm just here and I'll be here for the next month, like in quarantine. But if you have a list, it's like, hey, there's still a lot of things to do. I find when I don't have a list, I'm like, oh yeah, I've got nothing to do. But then when I start writing it down, I'm like, oh man, I have so much to do. Yeah. <laughs> you like literally can't get bored and you can't forget after writing it down. You're kind of like, oh yeah, I'll just pretend I don't have yeah. anything to do. It's like, no, you can't forget that. There's now. no excuse. I've had a few people asking me like, oh, are you getting bored yet? Are you getting bored? I'm like, bored? I, there's no time to be bored. There's so much stupid shit on my 
checklist that I have to do. <laughs> Moving on to like motivation. So I think that's a big concern for a lot of people because of the fact we kind of touched on this before that you won't actually have to face your teachers during class. So there's no one kind of holding you accountable. So well, I mean, I guess they are holding you accountable, but when you see them in person, it's like the, the looks of disappointment or the looks of praise on your teacher's face, that's, for me personally at least, something that really keeps me working hard. But we're going to have to hold ourselves accountable to do our assignments and watch all our lectures. So other than the checklist, obviously, do you have any other little tips to keep you actually motivated in like achieving the good grades? Probably my biggest one is remember why you're doing it in the first place. Like think of what your long-term goals and whatever they might be and how what you're doing now is actually working towards that. That's probably my big one when I'm like, oh, I hate this assignment. I don't want to do it. Like I have no motivation. It's like, wait, what am I actually doing this for sort of thing? That always helps me. And then as difficult as it is at home, keeping to your uni schedule as if you're still at uni so I attend you know all my online lectures at the exact time that they would be held at uni but yeah I try and keep to that schedule because then it sort of keeps some sort of normality yeah even though you're not at uni you're still doing everything you would be if you were. So when you were doing your biology subject in year 10 and all of your other subjects in that year were in person, I'm assuming. So did you kind of find yourself prioritising all of your in-person ones in comparison to your online one? No, because my biology attendance was marked. Oh, okay. So I did actually have class clashes as well. Oh, that's so So I would pick my biology over my other lessons, which at the time was PE, so I didn't really (laughs) care all that much. Yeah. So I think the whole holding yourself accountable and learning to do that is particularly relevant for high school students because in a high school environment, I feel like the teacher is very much like more over your shoulder and more willing to chase you up than uni teachers. Yeah, in high school, teachers definitely chase you up and I think that's because they really know who you are. I mean, you're in a class of maybe, what, 20 people, depending on what school you go to sort of thing but yeah they know who you are like they know your name they might even know your parents from teacher conference sort of thing and in uni I guess you've sort of got that thing in the back of your mind where they don't know who you are exactly and yeah they can't hold you accountable unless you submit an assignment late or something. Something that I was thinking about as well as you were saying for a lot of people their teachers this year whether they're coming into like a new high school where they're just meeting all the teachers or they're coming into uni where they've got all these new lecturers like they don't know them so suddenly they don't have a relationship with the teachers and it's really hard to form a relationship with your teachers over um the screen do you have any tips for how to kind of effectively communicate with your teachers online well probably because I had this trouble last year doing uni topics I did not make any connections with my lecturers whatsoever and I think that was my downfall oh that's something I should have done a bit more of to okay set me up for better success but what I did this year was you know during orientation week I actually tried to meet all of my lecturers but even now over the screen like if I have a problem or I'm just 
you know, confused about something, just sending them an email can help because then they sort of, they do know who you are and they can also see that you're taking an interest in what they're teaching and that you want to know a bit more. Yeah, maybe we should just like make up a question just to like get on their radar. Like, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like once you're on their radar, because they know you, they'll be like more inclined to help you out. Yeah, exactly. I've found that with quite a few of my lecturers and yes, I have just sent random ass questions just to sort of be like hi I exist I'm in your class help me when I need it I like that do you kind of have any ways because obviously right now teachers and lecturers their email box inboxes will kind of be flooded at the moment do you have any tips that you kind of use to get their attention in your emails Look, I'm still working on this one. I sent an email at the start this week and still never got a reply. Oh, no. (laughs) So some advice that I got given to me only this week was, you know, if they don't reply in a couple of days, send them a follow-up email. Yeah. And just keep doing that until you get a reply. Or some topics have, like, a discussion space for all the students. And so when, if you, like, ask a question in there and other students start replying to it, the lecturer actually gets emails about that, so they'll be able to go to that box and then they can reply to you through that as well. So that's a good way to get their attention if you get a lot of other people talking about the same thing. So if your school has any online forums that everyone can see, use it. Yes. That's the tip. Because your teacher <laughs> will also see that you're using it Yeah. and they'll realise, oh, maybe I should add some clarification to whatever they're talking about. So you were saying that you think like not building the relationship with your teachers was a bit of a downfall for you. What makes you say that? Well, I think it was the fact that I knew they couldn't hold me accountable. So I was like zoned out in a few lectures because it's like, well, I'm in a lecture theatre with 300 people. They're not going to pick me out. Yeah, just staying on top of my work like I would normally do at school with a teacher they're sort of being like stay on your work it's like at uni you don't have that so I sort of had to find my own way of holding myself accountable for what I was doing yeah I cannot imagine what it's like to be in year 12 right now like can you imagine I would have been so stressed (laughs) I feel so sorry for them all if you look at the positives they're now learning like amazing skills in holding themselves accountable in being driven independently that we we didn't experience in year 12 um so once they actually get to uni like they're gonna have the necessary skills to be able to like motivate themselves and hold themselves accountable which you know if you look at the positive side I'm not saying that it's any less stressful but yeah I mean it's just kind of upsetting it's in year 12 when everything seems to matter so much I was very lucky I went to a high school where They tried to get you to be as self-directed as possible. So, you know, going to them was a last resort kind of thing. But when I first had to get into that headspace, it's really difficult. I do wonder how they're actually going to, like, do the whole Year 12 thing this year. Because surely they would give some kind of lead way with the ATAR. You would hope so. I don't know if I'm just getting this wrong, but like the whole value of an ATAR depends on like the average of everybody else. So if everybody's scores are lowered this year in comparison to other years where there hasn't been a pandemic, well then then the standards will be lowered in general. So like to put it in perspective, like uh, if you are trying to get like the 
a certain ATAR to get into your course. Like we never know what will happen by the end of the year because that ATAR to get into that course might actually be lowered because of the circumstances. Yeah. The, a- the whole ATAR thing is confusing to me, but... <laughs> And then you've got, like, your scaling of different subjects. One thing I got told in year 12 is don't even bother trying to predict what your ATAR is going to be because there are so many other factors that are going to go into it just to not stress about it. Like, what you get's what you get, and it's not the end of the world. That's something, yeah, we got taught at school because a lot of unis are going away from the traditional ATAR stream and have, like, offered heaps of different ways of getting into uni, even straight from high school that's so good were you on the safe discussion space on facebook no i was not <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh what a good time I did it not was make um... that stress in my life <laughs> so something that i saw on the safe discussion page were people going into year 12 posting like oh i want to do all these art subjects but i'm really worried because it means that I'm going to get a low ATAR. But one, you can actually achieve like a good ATAR from doing art subjects. But then also, if you are going into an art field, you don't need to get a high ATAR, if that makes sense. Like you don't want people, like people who do like visual arts, drama, English, and then history, obviously you don't want them to be able to get the score to go into a medical degree because they're not prepared for it because they haven't done science. So it's like, I feel like people look at the ATAR as a scale of how smart you are instead of a scale of what fields you can enter. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I think I found that, yeah, with a lot of this year's year 12s, they were looking at all last year's results and they were like, oh, all the people that did arts got really good ATARs. I should do an art subject. And it's like, well, no, because you might not be very good at art. You might just fail that completely. You know, in terms of that, I say stick to what you're good at, what you enjoy, and what's going to help you in the future. This is just my personal opinion. I know that there's probably like a lot of others who have different outlooks, but to me, if you don't want to be doing the subjects that are related to your uni course why are you going into that uni course you don't want to do that uni course then yeah in terms of year 12 do you have any general advice for people who are in year 12 right now stay focused probably is my biggest one don't stress about your ATAR too much it doesn't matter I cannot emphasize that enough I got my ATAR two days later I got my uni offer like my ATAR was valid for a whole two days before it went out the window but yeah just try not to stress yourself out so much because at the end of the day your ATAR is just a number there are so many other pathways to get into uni now I totally agree year 12 is a great opportunity to kind of see what you've got but I don't think that should be defined by the number it should be defined on like breaking your personal bests and making good quality work I was doing subjects where I would be writing essays and making short films and stuff I wasn't even thinking about my ATAR my goal was like I want to make work that I'm proud of and then I know that I've done a good job in year 12. Yeah and I sort of used year 12 as because you know you get to pick all your subjects what you want to do I used it as a chance to see what I really enjoy You know, if you pick a subject in year 12 and you think, oh, yeah, this subject's going to lead me to my degree in uni and you hate it, well, lucky you learned that then rather than in uni when you're going to have a little bit of debt to pay back afterwards. Use year 12 for learning rather than just, you know, I'm doing year 12 to get an ATAR. 
No, you're doing year 12 to learn what you like and what you're passionate about. Could you actually tell us a bit about your current degree? So I am studying a Bachelor of Medical Science, which pretty much leads into doing research on anything medical. It depends where you want to take it. There's opportunities in our third year to actually go and do placements in labs and help with research and all that sort of stuff so it sounds really cool because it sounds like once you've finished like you can kind of take it in any direction that you want to and like you you have the potential to like do some really important stuff with the research and everything yeah it is pretty cool in that aspect of it I'm hoping after this degree to take it onto a medical degree as well that's another couple of years of study after that as well So what's the difference between a medical science degree and a medical degree? So medical science is just research. Medicine is doctor. Right. But medical science leads into medicine really well because you're learning for the first couple of years the same things they are. So it's really good in that aspect. And at the moment, for me, there's quite a few elective options. So you really get to branch out and see what you do really enjoy. Have you got an elective this semester? I do. It's neuroscience. It is so intense, but I love it. I'm just going to pretend I know what that is. Yeah, basically how the brain functions. Do you have, do you have pracs in your degree? Uh, yes, at the moment, because I have to take biology and chemistry. So how are, you, how are they kind of going about doing pracs <laughs> online? <laughs> so we have a prac simulator. Okay. So sort of you put your name in, you know, you click and you move pictures from one area to another and you basically they try and replicate the results you would get and you predict and you still have to write it in a lab book even though you're at home and stuff. Yeah, then they do the second half of it online and you jump online with your demonstrator and other people in your group. And you discuss basically everything you did in your experiment and the results of that and what it means. So I mean, it's kind of cool that they can still teach you that online, but it's also like, I'm sure the real thing would be much more satisfying. Yeah, I feel like we're not going to learn, you know, you're not going to learn it as well off a computer rather than hands-on doing it yourself but they've tried to make it as hands-on as they possibly can which is good. Say you complete your medical science degree you complete your medical degree is there anything out in the workforce you feel is like your dream? At the moment I'm leaning towards sort of surgery more in sort of like the trauma emergency area but I'm also trying to go into both these these degrees with like an open mindset of well I'm not gonna say yes I am gonna be a surgeon because I might find something I enjoy so much more and I'd rather enjoy what I do than you know force myself into doing something just because I said I was gonna do it. Definitely and I honestly think that a lot of people who come out of year 12 and have spent their whole year 12 telling everyone what they're gonna study then feel so much pressure to like go study that it's like dude if you don't want to do that like who cares what people think like don't waste a don't waste your life, like, just doing something because you feel like you have to. Yeah, exactly. What actually drew you to the medical industry in the first place? I always had a bit of a science mindset and I was really intrigued by, like, the human body, how it works. Then I happened to come across medicine that kind of put two and two together and, you know, there were so many things I wanted to do. I was like, oh, you know, at one point maybe I wanted to be a teacher and, like, in medicine once you start moving through your career, you probably get the chance to teach other people and you get the chance to teach patients on their condition and all this other stuff. So I was like, 
well, this is everything I like enjoy doing, put into one profession. I was like, well, it's not a bad option. I think it's a very noble profession. And I have a lot of respect for you guys who study this stuff because it, it looks way too hard. It looks way too hard for me most of the time too. Thank you so much for sharing your super useful tips and taking the time out of your busy study schedule to sit down with me. Good luck with your degree and you're going to do great things. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to bringing you more insightful conversations with people pursuing their goals. So keep your eye out for the next episode. And if you like this one, make sure to share it with your mates.